The Needs of Other Round West Ham podcast is brought to you by 888sport.com forward slash West Ham and, you know, the cup game at Old Trafford this Sunday. Why not go on there and make a bet? If you haven't used them before, you get triple the odds on your first bet. Unbelievable deal. 888sport.com forward slash West Ham. West Ham looking to ask a question here. Antonio's header! He's only gone and done it again! Mikel Antonio! And that's the way to start a massive match like this! Sacco's lovely touch! Payet! Oh my word! West Ham United have surely won it! 2 0 down. Dimitri Payet makes it 3 2. What a comeback! What a game! And what a goal from Payet! It's about the Brown West Ham podcast. I'm Chris Cole. It's never been a better time to be a West Ham fan or talk about West Ham. Joining me here in the studio, Bianca Westwood. Hello. Happy. I'm buzzing. This should be an amazing episode, shouldn't it? (laughs) There's, it should be. It's never Don't big it up too time. much, though. <laughs> the only way is down there. Well, well, all that pressure is on the shoulders of our studio guest, um, editor of Daily Mail Sports Online. I've, I've cocked that into. I've cocked oh, close enough. Head that's of Sport, Daily Mail head Online sport, yeah, and Daily Mail. West Ham fan, crucially. Yep. Lee Clayton, welcome to the show for Hello. your debut. Thank you very much. Lee. Nice to be. Great time, as you say. <laughs> Why are there so many West Ham fans in the media, Lee? I've always wondered about this. There's Andrew Dillon, there's Moose as you, yeah, Rob Shepherd, Matt, Martin um, Samuel, yeah, Matthew uh, Lawless, yeah, Mike Hansen at Mail Online. So many, so many West They're everywhere. Fans. Everyone with good taste, I guess. Uh, yeah, that's it. <laughs> I've, I've listened to this before, and apparently it's it's an hour of, of chatting like a Cockney, isn't it? Really, that's it. <laughs> yeah. And so and so, being born in East London, I've got to practice a little bit on getting back to the Cockney. But yeah, you've lost it. I know. It's all that <laughs> being it in Kensington. Gone? It's you know trying to pronounce my H's. You've and gone T's all up market. And, and let's see what we can do. <laughs> Usually we start off quite posh, and it just like you descend. <laughs> yeah, into well, I don't know. I don't think I could ever good. be posh, but never mind. To, yeah, <laughs> by the end of the episode, that's interesting. Martin Samuel, I always suspected he was a West Ham. Oh, you didn't I didn't know. Knew I thought for it sure. was. Yeah. I thought it was an open. Yeah, um, I mean, it's what it, I mean. Martin gets criticised for being a Manchester United fan, a Chelsea fan, but he's he's West Ham. Always been West Ham. His family are West Ham. His brother, um, and a, he's a regular Upton Park whenever he's not working. Yeah. Um, but. Uh, yeah, and he too is enjoying life as a hammer. At the We're moment. everywhere. I think it's because we've got the gift of the gab. No, we just love to chat to everybody. Do you think as well as a bit of pessimism? Because you know, being a sports journalist, often there is there is a little edge of pessimism. Maybe sporting West Ham helps that. Yeah, they're definitely. We were saying earlier about the pessimism of being a West Ham fan and always kind of feeling a bit gloomy. It's difficult to feel gloomy at the minute, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Although you know, I'm, I seem to be the Tottenham game particularly was a tense affair. I know we're going to talk about that and. Uh, um, but this, these are these are great times. Oh, can't wait to talk about it. <laughs> Just got to peel Chris off from the ceiling, everyone. So Hold excited. on. I'm like even today, I'm so excited to sit down and chat with you both about West Ham. I mean. <laughs> It's so good. It's well, so the good. thing is, when when there's other radio and TV, you always end up having to 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 um, uh, divide it up with other clubs. This yeah. is just purely West Ham. Yeah. Fantastic! What yeah. a great opportunity. Fantastic. 
Pleasure to have you. Thank you. Um, um, well, let's talk about last week's episode. We had Rufus Brevet on. We'll, have, we'll start with some feedback. We started off, we'll begin with Adam the Smudge. Enjoyed that. Liked Rufus in his short time with us as much as I did with Chrissy Powell. Similar players. An honest insight into his time with us, which was nice. You could tell he wasn't too impressed with Parlo. It's nice that ex-players have fond memories of their time with us. It's because we're different. Top work from Chris and especially Bianca, who's been, uh, since she's been on board, brings a nice angle to each podcast. Have we had Christian Daly on? Yet. Is this just the no. bit where you guys read out praise yeah. to yourself? <laughs> yeah, we pat ourselves good. on the like back it. for a few minutes. Good, you know, when, the, when the atmosphere around the place is that good, <laughs> it helps to build it up a bit. I wonder which angle he's, he's sort of talking about. Which angle do I bring, Chris? I, I, would, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'll keep an eye on it as okay. we go along. Yeah. Um, also, some more feedback as well. Uh, this is from Trevor Benton, Trev Benton79. Quote of the week. Have you got any friends who are Spurs fans? Then you should know. LOL. Hashtag deluded Spurs. Hashtag mm-hmm. brilliant. And then lastly, we had a tweet from Josh Clark. And this is interesting because people are starting to develop like pre-match you know, superstitions now mm. since we've gone on this, this run. And a guy called Josh Clark got in touch in, on Twitter to say he's eaten an omelette before every game recently. And we keep winning. And he ate an omelette against Everton. He's won again. Um, if right. you've got any that's a other, lot of eggs. yeah, that's a lot of eggs. You know, it's quite I'd, binding. That. I suggest that he might be quite conservative. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. There's a, there's a I lot suggest of... he has a curry in the evening <laughs> just to balance things out. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I thought it might be interesting if you've got any superstitions that you've developed over this recent run we're having. Let us know. Podcast at uh, kmb.com. In fact, here's the other other ways you can get in touch with the show. Get in touch with the show. Email podcast at kumb.com. Get on the forum at kumb.com or follow your hosts, your lovely hosts on Twitter. Beautiful people, lovely, one of your own. Bianca is at B E Westwood. Chris is at CJ Skull, and that's with a C, not a K, a C, because he's special. Come on, you irons. Cool. Uh, right, we'll begin with the, the previous game we, we played last weekend. Everton 2, West Ham 3, Lee. Uh, and after what had happened midweek, we thought, well, how can it get better being a West Ham fan? We go 2-0 down, yeah. 12 minutes to go. And also that dismal record of, of playing against Everton and Lukaku. So it seemed that everything was against West Ham. And in the past, when that's happened, it kind of always ends up going that way. But this team has something else about it. And this manager has something else about him. And I thought he was bold in his substitutions. And they had that charisma about them. And I just think that second half performance, particularly when you got the one goal and then the second goal, and that momentum was suddenly with West Ham. That's the sort of thing that normally happens against us, isn't it? Mm. And yet here it, here it is happening for us. And I just it's a, it just keeps that momentum going, that forward momentum onto Old Trafford. And it was a... It was a brilliant, a brilliant result. Although just looking back at the game, I thought that um, didn't really react too well to playing against ten men. Um, could have gone three nil down. Bit of an issue about Adrian coming off his line to save the penalty. Mm. I don't care about that. <laughs> no. but, but but nonetheless, it's a it's a debating point. Goalkeeper coming off his line yeah. and using that to his advantage. But it but went the, for us in this yeah, case. It if it, us, so it, we're not going to complain exactly. about it. Right? But, but I just thought they were they were tremendous, and you know Payet came alive, and the cross for the for the third goal was just fabulous, wasn't it? Yeah, Bianca, is this a result? So second goal, second. Goal. <laughs> Bianca, is this a result you saw coming? No. <laughs> um, well, because basically defensively we were kind of down to the bare bones, weren't we? 
So, you know, last time we won there, what was it, 2005? Um, I thought they ran their socks off against Tottenham, so they were going to be a bit tired. Plus Lukaku, as you say, plus Goodison. I just thought, you know what, I don't mind if we sort of throw this one, conserve a bit of energy going into the cup game, that's fine. When Lukaku scored, I thought, oh, well, here we go again. 2-0 down. Okay, that's fine. I kind of gave up, but luckily the team didn't. And exactly what you said, Lee, the thing I like about Slaven is he knows there's more than one way to skin a cat. And if he sees it's not quite working for him, it's not like this is how we play. This is, you know, it's got to be the West Ham way or it's got to be direct. We've got so many different ways of playing. We can go direct. We've got flair. We've got quality in dead ball situations. He bought on Sacco, didn't he? he bought on Carroll at half-time, you know, something a little bit different. And that's what I love about Slav. He sets up with a view to his opponent, not just because this is how West Ham yeah. play. And he'll change it if he sees it's not going his way. And, and that's something that we haven't had for quite some time, I think. Also, if you're the opposition, you've got no idea about how they're going to set up. That's like Tot- it. Tottenham, for example, playing that three at it. the back. Surprised everybody, yeah. including the opposition. Yeah. And again, with, with Everton changing it around at half-time, it's not working with three at the back. So go to two centre-halves, yeah. bring on Andy Carroll, as you say, Bianca. And you know that's that's down to the manager. That's mm. the, the belief he's given us, but also the tactical nows he's got. And it's exactly. kind of, we look back on it, we never, West Ham didn't want Slavin Bilic. That, he wasn't mm. their first pick. Mm. Mm. This could have been Rafa Benitez. Oh, and it's, don't. It's I Slavin want him Bilic, anyway. and it's just, yeah. it's, it's fabulous. But you it? can tell he's a real student of the game. He really yeah. reads it so well. And it's it can't be a coincidence. There's too many good results yeah. this season mm. now. You know, I've never known a season where we've had so many top quality moments. Uh, the only one I can think of is 30 years ago, 86, yeah. Yeah. when, you know, we won at Stanford Bridge. We beat Newcastle 8-1 at home. There, you know, there were there were loads and loads of different brilliant moments at the Bolin home and away, actually. And and we're, it's happening again. But I think that's mm. a good comparison because in 86, I remember that time, it was almost like the gods were smiling on yeah. us. That run of winning games, mm. Ray Stewart scoring those penalties nicking it mm-hmm. you know, there was a sort of succession of matches wasn't there where it was close and it was tight and then Ray Stewart would score those those yeah. high pressure penalties McAvenny and Cotty and I, I just don't think that I've enjoyed watching West Ham as much as I have done this season mm. is this team better than that team I think probably player for player it is yeah. but we haven't quite got the goal scorer the sort of glory boy like a McAvenny mm. although you know Payet's doing his best to yeah. be the, the talisman a very different player of course well, if Sacco but, hadn't mm, got injured though he yeah. might have been that might player might not it's time to do that. Yeah. You know, if West Ham can finish with somebody coming into the team, rediscovering his fitness mm. and his goal scoring form, scored at the weekend, if he can carry that into the last knock into the season, mm. who knows what this might season this season might bring. Well, Mikel Antonio's doing a decent enough wow, job wow. of trying to be the standout <laughs> candidate, isn't he? Yeah. Well, I, I think when he first came into the team, he didn't look like a West Ham player to me. And I, and I kind of made a comparison of him and George Paris just as a right. as a hard-working, industrious player yeah. who maybe wasn't quite good enough. And that's no disrespect to George, who I thought did a brilliant job when he was at West Ham. But I looked at Antonio and I thought, you're a substitute. One or two people around me at, at the ground said, um, it just looks a bit like an expensive Vaz Tay. 
And now this guy who looks very at home in the team, whether he's a right back, right wing back or right mm. wing, on this amazing run of scoring goals, plays with a big smile on his mm-hmm. face and he, and he's beginning to get that cult status. It's brilliant yeah. to see, isn't it? Mm. It's funny as well, you were saying outside, that goals in this team, like we don't have really the talismanic strikers we had in 86, like Yacotti and McAvenny, but goals seem, seem to be able to come from yeah. anywhere yeah. in this team are. at the moment. Yeah. And, yeah. I mean... It's incredible the, the depth of quality we've got now in the squad. Well, Bianca says about the sort of set piece threat. West Ham have not had set piece no. threat for a very long time. You know, we'd get a corner, Mark Noble would float it in yeah. and it would be headed clear. And even before then, you win a free kick, you're kind of looking at where it's going to go. And, you know, <laughs> the OO in Brooking at the back of the stand, <laughs> you're thinking it's going in that direction. But now there are threats in from mm. so many places, and of course, you know, Payet is just just a, such yeah. a discovery. But there's no weak links in the team. There are no passengers, are there? Every single. Yeah. Well, are you, are you going to say there is? I, I worry James Collins when he got injured. I thought, yeah. oh no. And Reese Oxford, he's only 17. Yeah. Do you think you can't really call him a weak link at 17, though? Can you? <laughs> <I know. laughs> but in terms of that first That's a bit 11, unfair. is that the chink in our armour? But the moment? injuries, six six defenders injured. Yeah. Um, I think Winston Reid's on his way back. It's really important yeah. to have him back. And I, it's kind of noticed on Saturday against Everton that. You missed James Collins's commanding mm. presence. You know, he's an organizer. Mm. Yeah. And suddenly, he's a shouter, isn't he? Too many people he's... talking in that in that back five, yeah. or you know, mm. yeah. the wing backs. And so, to have Winston Reid back, I know he's not necessarily a big talker either, but his presence and his experience. Yeah. No, I th- I think that's 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 important, really important. And um, to go to Manchester United, I hope he's fit because I think Coyote, although he's done brilliantly in the in the kind of back three. I think West Ham need him as an attacking force yeah, going sure. forward and getting beyond the back line. And I think he's so important in that position for West yeah. Ham. So I'd like to see Kyoto back in midfield, read into the back four. Yeah, he kind of you can tell the fear he strikes into teams when he starts running yeah. at them. That mm. is an, again another it's weapon. A long we've got. stride, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> kind of suddenly explodes out of the blocks. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, there's a story about him that he um, that he was originally scouted by Chelsea. Um, and actually was recommended to West Ham by Chelsea who said not quite good enough for us but he actually might be suitable for you and now if you look at the league table you know you can kind of look at that and go really well okay (laughs) now he's happy playing in a top six team doing very well for West Ham he's been versatile scores goals he's in my fantasy team long may it continue a quick word on Adrian as well. So Adrian, sorry. So he saved a penalty against Everton. And since his debut, Adrian has saved twice as many penalties as any other goalkeeper in the Premier League with four. Is that because he comes off his line? Or <laughs> yeah, might well, be. You mentioned that, yeah. He gets, but not he just that, though. He, he's got a, a match-winning save in him, hasn't he? Yeah, and, yes. and he did. He made a few really good saves that game. And I think the, the penalty save was a turning point, yeah. whether he was off the line or not. Now, he's been a top signing. And, and, you know, I know that West Ham fans are pretty sniffy about Sam Allardyce, but he came in while Sam was here whoever brought him in whether I think Sam's agent had something to do with that deal Um, and so he could be a West Ham goalkeeper for the next 10 years and so you know we do have reason to be thankful to Sam Allardyce for that at least Mm. Um, (laughs) not convinced (laughs) (laughs) Mm. Uh, I don't know about Adrian I I sometimes worry he's got a ricket in him it reminded me of James yeah but every goalkeeper has you know I I mean I probably said that about every goalkeeper ever yeah Yeah. well that's because every goalkeeper (laughs) has got a ricket in him at times best best goalkeeper at West Ham since Phil Parks I think I would would put him above I think he's a a, I agree with with what you said Bianca he's he's got a match saving save in him it might be a close game and then he just produces something spectacular Mm. Um, and and you know it'd be interesting because obviously at Old Trafford they'll change that around, won't they? That you know he won't, he won't play in that game, um, uh, and and uh, no doubt. You comfortable with set roof? 
Randolph. Yeah, I think he's done yeah. well in the cup games. Yeah. I mean, that save against, from Benteke against Liverpool um, was a crucial save, made himself big. All the cliches we can use about a goalkeeper. Mm. And I quite like it that he's been given a run. And I like it that Bilic has said yeah. he's our cup goalkeeper. Yeah. So if you're Randolph and you're going to the European Championships and you need this game time, yeah. you're going to get it if you play well. It's a great incentive. And I think that's good management again from Bilic. A bit like Pellegrini did. Yeah. And it worked yeah. for them. He went with his willy instead of his heart. <laughs> You've been working in that line. <laughs> <laughs> up all night writing that ad lib last night. Um, but let's talk now about the game that came before Everton. I mean, it, it, one of the most magical nights for me personally down Upton Park and to, to come in this the final season. West Ham won, Spurs nil. Um, Lee, the day of the game before kickoff, how, how were your nerves? How were you sick. feeling? Yeah, I felt sick. I, I kind of don't remember feeling that way. I was thinking back to their playoff final, and um, you know, I kind of I think I went to Wembley that that day against Blackpool, just expecting to win, and so I didn't feel any tension at all. Um, <laughs> Lucky and, man. But this was different. This was this was this felt different. It kind of. Um, so I so uh, my newspaper where I work, there's quite a lot of Spurs fans as well, and there was a you know bit of build up of tension. Um, I like to get to Upton Park early, so I was there about four o'clock, I think, and um, uh, <laughs> pre-match fish and chips. And um, I could just feel before the game, I, I don't, didn't quite know what to expect from them. Obviously, Tottenham have been on a terrific run, and, and I, you know, I, I'm an admirer of Harry Kane. I think even though he plays for Spurs, I, mm. I, I think I can. You know, Jamie Carragher said a couple of, uh, I think it was last season, that when you hear Spurs have scored you almost hope it's Harry Kane. And I kind of feel that way. He's an England yeah. player as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. I like to see him doing well. Um, and I just didn't know how West Ham were going to cope with this new Spurs under Pochettino. Um, and um, Well, at White Hart Lane, we didn't cope at all, did didn't we? Didn't cope at all, <laughs> exactly. And, and I, was sort of, well, I, I really feared that it was going to be a similar experience. But it was any, anything but. Um, but I still felt incredibly tense. I expected Spurs to score a late equaliser, even though they didn't deserve it. West Ham were the superior team. Um, and Tony, my friend who I go with, um, turned to me at one point and did say, will you just shut up? Because <laughs> What were uh, you because, doing? Well, I was just predicting gloom. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there'd, there'd be a throw-in in Tottenham's half and I'd say, here they go. Oh, no. He was becoming very tense and very anxious with me. At one point, I did have my hat pulled over my eyes. Um, I should explain that I'm not, you know, I'm not working at these games. I'm here as a fan, and and I, and I you know, I, I just I, I wanted West Ham to win so badly. And uh, you know, I, we were talking about it in the office. Would I have preferred West Ham to beat Tottenham or West Ham to beat Manchester United? And I, and I wanted West Ham to beat Tottenham. It meant that much, and because I thought it was almost a kind of confirmation of the progress that. Yeah. West Ham have made totally. um, and yeah okay everyone's talking about Tottenham and the title and can they challenge Leicester and they, they were on a brilliant run hadn't lost away since August but I just felt that it meant so much the atmosphere right from the start because I do think our fans are too quiet I, do, I, I really think that our, that our fans sometimes let the team down by waiting to be entertained Yeah. obviously that's not the same for all of the stadium but you know it feels to me that there are pockets that are supporting the team and others that are kind of almost like they're watching the theatre. And and what I felt for the Tottenham game is right from the moment the mm. team came out, the fans were behind the, the team and, and almost the, the team reacted positively to that. The atmosphere was electric and okay, you know, all of the responses on Twitter, I thought it was very funny. A Spurs fan that I follow on Twitter said, oh, they'll be closing the A13 tomorrow for their bus parade. Oh, they're the, <laughs> yeah, uh, they're the, always the ones that bring that up, Absolutely. though. Absolutely, and your cup final. They had two cup finals and this so, week, and, and they didn't so, win either of them, they did, did they? 
And so. and it was just it was just I don't know I I don't think I've least enjoyed a West Ham performance for a long time. And I'm even looking back at some of the bad days under Sam uh, Chris. You mentioned Hull mm. earlier, and also some of those games in the Championship when we just didn't play, and there were lots of long balls. And you know, I remember you know losing games on the last day of the, on the last kick of the match and things like that. But even mm. then, there was some joy in it. I didn't take too much joy from the game apart from the final whistle. Mm. And then when the final whistle came, there was such a such a relief. And 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 a, and a joy and a pleasure in playing well, being better than Tottenham, and beating them. Yeah. And it was it was good. It was brilliant. Mm-hmm. brilliant. Um, the scene, Bianca, of like Upton Park, the rain was lashing down, the lights, the Upton Park in full yeah. voice. It was, I mean, almost biblical. Well, you know what? <laughs> I could have gone, but I didn't want to go, and I've never ever done that before. Oh dear, it's all I, coming out. I just couldn't. I couldn't face it. Yeah. I thought, no, I'm going to sit at home. I'm going to listen to the soccer special. Because I was too tense, and I know it sounds ridiculous, but I just thought I can't put myself thr- yeah. through it. I had the brilliant night, you know, when we beat Liverpool. Yeah. I've seen li- uh, both of the Liverpool yeah. um, Upton Park performances, and I just thought, you know, because I wouldn't predict it as well. Mm. I was worried I was going to jinx it. I just thought I'm going to go there and we're going to lose, and so I'm not going to go and we'll win, and that's what <laughs> happened. <laughs> but I just couldn't face it. I just knew, and I was pacing and all of that. And um, oh, I was just like you. Just as soon as full time went, I was yeah. like, yes, we've done it. Yeah, I think it means a lot. It, it does. It does spell out where West Ham are, mm. and 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 I think that that's um, you know, to me, that's the result of the season. Even yeah. though there have been big results winning away at Man City winning away at Liverpool winning away at Arsenal yeah. and some of the Upton Park performances too have been terrific I think to me that's that's the result of the season and, and you mm. know to keep a clean sheet and to be I thought West Ham were quite comfortable in the end yeah yeah. that's what annoyed me though because all of the pundits and the, the Sky pundits included didn't really give West Ham a prayer and I couldn't understand that because of all of the you know, fantastic results we've had home and away this season to them. And and even after the game, they sort of spoke about it like it was a shock. And I thought, well, to me, it wasn't a surprise, really. Mm. But it's interesting, isn't it? Because I knew, you know, it's my own newspaper and it was a night off for me because I was at the game. But the next day, the coverage centred around Spurs losing rather than West Ham winning. Because Tottenham, I guess, are in the title race. West Ham are not. And you always look at those games, and I do it if we're critical of our own coverage. Mm. Look back on it and think, I wish this was more about West Ham winning yeah. than Spurs losing. I understand why, of course, but you know, there's that sort of balance of frustration that you sometimes feel that you're not getting the credit that your team deserves. And mm. maybe I need to do something about that. Well, yeah, good. <laughs> <laughs> Take it as an action. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, now we've got these couple of wins, you know, Spurs and Everton, and I think we're 11 points off the title. I think we were eight after after um, the Everton game. Where, how far, can, how much can we dream now, Lee? Is it? Is it? Are we talking Champions League now? You're asking the wrong person. <laughs> I'm just going to be pessimistic about it. I you know, I'm one of those people who, if I'm pessimistic and we do well, then it feels even better, mm. um, as opposed to be you know, suddenly getting confident and falling away. Um, I just, how long can this run continue? Can, can we take it into Manchester United and then it's Chelsea? You know, how, how can how can we yeah. possibly do in those games? If 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 we win at Old Trafford, and then if we beat Chelsea, then I think that that 
that who knows what the I mean you know, I'm talking in cliches <laughs> but you know I almost don't want I don't want to I don't want to jinx it by 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 predicting too much but just being there and creating mischief and mayhem for some yeah. of the clubs mm. yeah. still got some big games Arsenal still to come Leicester away Chelsea away yeah. I know they're beneath us but you know still still games that Manchester United of course still games that can have a say in how this season plays yeah. out we can, we're in the mix. West Ham are in the mix. They deserve to be there in terms of merit, in terms of performance, the quality of the players. Now, can they sustain that to the end of the season? You know, mm. people talk about have Leicester got the know-how. Well, if you look around that West Ham team, there are not too many who are who are experienced at being involved in the title race. Mm. Payet's obviously been there with Marseille. Are there many others who have been in, consistently involved in in title races? No. Well, being in and around the fringes, this is a glorious opportunity. And if West Ham carry on playing with the way that they have done, with the confidence and with the charisma, then they'll definitely finish in the top six, I think. That's all I'm going to say. You know, you know what's great as well? We've always had like a hand in other people's history, like um, beating uh, the result against Manchester United when Blackburn won, against Tottenham, yeah. the whole lasagna gate. We've done it to them again. Um, we'll have Arsenal here. We could put a spanner in their title hopes, if they still have any by then. <laughs> But I just think as well, this season, it's not about other people's histories. We've got sort of like a handle on our own. Mm-hmm. And that's something that we haven't had. Again, we haven't had that for so long. But if you if you look back over, and, and obviously, you know, different ages, different generations, our great, our great West Ham teams, there are not many. Mm. 1986, obviously, was a great West Ham team, came third. And I know people mock West Ham for that, but came third. The 1980 team that won the FA Cup wasn't a great team because it no. was the team in the second division. Yep. Then there was the team around the, that included the World Cup winners. You know, I was saying the other day that imagine imagine being at the first home game at Upton Park after winning the World Cup and wor- welcoming back those oh three God. players in West Ham colours. But are there many more over history, even if you go back decades or centuries? Or yeah. Is it yeah. a great West Ham team? And this team has a chance of being a great West Ham team. Yeah. I think certainly in my lifetime, it's the strongest squad we've ever had when you have the quality of the bench, potentially at Old Trafford at the weekend, even though there are still injuries. Mm. Um, certainly in my lifetime, this is the most, this is this is the team that you, I, I think you kind of look forward to with more excitement to go and see, like you say, Bianca, with the match winners they've got all over mm. the place. We don't have many, you know, Liverpool and Arsenal and Chelsea and Tottenham and all that. They have. They look back on double-winning teams yeah. and, and <clears throat> teams that, you know, Bill Nicholson's sort of uh, team at Tottenham and you know they, they can look back over players like Hoddle and stuff like that. And Chelsea can look back to times of Osgood and people. West Ham don't have that sort of history, no. and mm-hmm. and there's not if if you're right. Even out, Leicester won a League Cup recently. Yeah, <laughs> Leicester, Leicester's League Cup wins, of course, yeah. yeah, you know, and and um, and also they came close to winning the title. They finished second before, so West Ham don't have a lot of history. This team has a chance of creating history, and, mm. and what I like about Billage, I think he can smell that. I think mm. he, you know, I think he senses that. He understands, gets the club, gets the fabric of the club. And so, and so that's why we should be excited. That's why, sorry, that's why I try not to smash up the street. <laughs> I'm throwing my arms around. But that's why we should embrace and enjoy this time. And, mm. and, and I certainly am. Mm. I don't think, I, I, well, I know this is not going to happen, especially this season, probably not next either. But the, for the first time ever in my life, I imagined Mark Noble lifting the <laughs> Premier League. Say it. No, seriously. I know, I know. I, but that's uh, never even entered my head before. Like the vision of it, the picture, what it would look like. 
you know. But for the first time, and I was just like, oh, and then I felt instantly sick, and I thought, yeah. oh, don't. Talk about two, that again. It could be two games from lifting the FA Cup, or three, well, yeah. two yeah. games from the FA Cup yeah. final, and so and so, you know, isn't it isn't it fabulous to have this this momentum going? And, and I think also. You know, we were saying earlier about the opponents not knowing how West Ham are going to play and being able to change their tactics. But I don't think the players know what the team's going to be. Mm. So so if you're Andy Carroll, you've got to put a bit more in in training yeah. because you don't know if you're going to be picked at the weekend. And when I saw him and EK in the team against Tottenham in the lineup, I kind of thought, I think he's made a mistake here. That would be negative again. <laughs> <laughs> how did he play? Because um, obviously but I didn't see the whole... It was terrific because, because he kept Tottenham on the back foot. Then he made them defend deeper because he was quick. Yeah. And so suddenly they didn't have because the, they push up the back four. They weren't able to push up. He was getting behind them all of, all the time, making clever, intelligent runs. And again, you know, who, who am I to have lost my faith in Village because he picked the right team, got mm. the tactics right, won the game. Mm. Yeah. Oh. Um, Sometimes it's better to be lucky than good as well, yeah. and I think he's got that about got him. He's definitely, definitely got the got the luck. Did you see uh, Mikel Antonio on goals on Sunday? Uh, I saw yeah, it. Yeah, he was yeah, really good, wasn't he? Yeah. No, I, I, again, it, it kind of is this unlikely star. Yeah. But, you know, I'm, I'm kind of thinking, okay, where's his song? We need a, we need an Antonio song. Yeah. He deserves yeah. a song. You know, he's. he's well, it's got to be something about his mum saying he couldn't join Spurs. Yeah. It's got to be well, based around I that. You've got to come up with one, Bianca. You How do we, oh, we need to think. task someone? Yeah. <laughs> How do songs emerge? I don't know, but whoever's out there writes who the came songs. Up, who came up with the Pirate song? Where I know. Do, where does that come don't from? Don't know. No. But Mikel Antonio at 14 had the opportunity to join Spurs, but his mum said no, he wasn't allowed. We like his mum. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we love his mum. We like his mum. We love his mum. But the good thing about what really interested me about what he was saying was when he goes into games he doesn't just think oh I might score today he knows he's going to score he plans his celebrations in advance Um, you know he's got the next two celebrations all worked out (laughs) Trafford here we come there you go and he said he'd rather win the FA Cup than finish fourth so I think that sort of says I like that attitude from Billich as well Mm. he's been really positive about the FA Cup and and, you know I like it that he's saying I'd rather win the FA Cup than finish fourth yeah me too listen we're reaching the stage now where we would like to win the FA Cup and finish fourth so so, we'll take both we win the FA Cup we finish fourth but Spurs win the league Oh, why did you have to say that? <laughs> Spelt the whole thing. How would you would you take that? Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. And you know? <laughs> yeah. I'd, I'd hate the idea of us winning the cup and then Spurs win the league. Can, it would really can I add the caveat that Harry Kane scores lots of goals and goes to the European Championships yeah, okay. in top form and continues that into okay. the European Championship? <laughs> so we've got we'll a deal. T- we'll take that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, um, well, our Los Angeles correspondent James Longman caught up with a man who Sebastian Legette, who played for uh, played for us once against Forest in a massacre in the FA Cup. Uh, he's since gone to LA Galaxy last season, made twenty three appearances, got eight goals. He's on uh, in absolute amazing form uh, so James Longman went to Galaxy training at the StubHub Centre to catch up with him Right so just to set the scene I'm in the heart of StubHub Centre the home of LA Galaxy I've just been watching uh, LA Galaxy train it's a kind of grey and wet English-esque day uh, there was a shootout um, and uh, with like to Gerard and Keane um, and Ashley Cole and last man standing the winner X-Hammer Sebastian <laughs> yeah no it was good man uh, we had a good time we always have a good time with, uh, with the guys here we have a good group 
Do you get bragging rights if you win the shootout? Absolutely. I walked in and I just, I gave, uh, yeah. No, I gave stick to everybody, to be fair. Yeah, I walked in, yeah, I'm feeling like the man. Um, so, obviously, I wanted to speak to you because, you know, uh, we always look out, we always look out to see how the X-Hammers are doing. You're on fire out here. Yeah. I mean, you've had a great uh, season and the season's about to kick off tomorrow. That's right. Very exciting. Um, how's it all looking? How's it all been? Uh, it's been, yeah, since day one, since I signed, I think, uh, I th- you know, coming in, I just wanted to prove myself. Uh, you know, because I didn't really get the biggest chance uh, or opportunity at West Ham, unfortunately, which is, you know, pri- primarily the club I wanted to do it with, you know, obviously come out and, and shine, but uh, it didn't work out that way. Uh, but, you know, I came here and it went really well. So Yeah. So talk, talk about, uh, going back to West Ham, how did you end up there? Because you was at Santa Clara, right? Yeah, that's right. Santa Clara Sporting uh, Club, just a local sort of a local club you know because in America it's, it's difficult to find a good academy and, and be part of it so especially at that time um, but yeah no, a, a random scout Mike Lee uh, he which is he's from Australia which is even more random and he yeah no he knew Tony Carr in the academy and he uh, I mean he just connected me with them and then saw that I was you know see if I was good enough I was 13 at the time right. so a long long wow. time ago yeah yeah so t- 10 years ago yeah uh, and uh, yeah, no, here I am. It's crazy. And to go from you know the culture must be quite different. To go from uh, America suddenly being oh yeah, you know Green Streets. That's right. Uh, Green <laughs> Street. I know. Honestly, man, I miss it. I mean, I really do miss it. It's just like getting on the tube, the train. It's just the whole lifestyle is just uh, fantastic. I loved it. I loved every second of it. And when you were. Uh, you know, obviously going over at such a young age, you well looked after by the club. They kind of, you know. To be honest, yeah, I could never, you will never ever see me speak bad about the club because honestly, I've had a, I've had a great time despite everything. Um, the way they treated me was fantastic since day one. You know, the academy, they do a really good job. You know, Tony Carr and uh, and does all. I mean, there's new coaches now. I'm, I'm assuming, but you know, he's done. He's always done a really good job. Yeah, and you obviously came through with quite a lot of players like George Moncur and Ellis right. Lee, yeah. and those guys. Are you still in touch? with Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. no, they're still, they're still, my, they're still my good friends, and uh, I'm sound, very talented kids. You know, I mean, it's uh, it's a shame we couldn't come up together because we played for so many years together. And, yeah, uh, we always thought we we always dreamed of you know pushing on uh, as a group, but you know, it, it's I think it's tougher nowadays. You know, it's not as easy as um, I'm not gonna say it was easy back in the day, but I remember speaking to like. Joe Cole and that when he was there and I asked him like because I was having a tough time and uh, you know I said like what was it like back then like you know getting pushed into the first team and uh, and you know he said he said it wasn't uh, it wasn't easier but you, you definitely had more opportunity yeah. for, because the money was different the you know the foreign players you know it, it was just a big difference in that sense you know and of the players who kind of senior players did, was anyone who used to put their arm around your shoulder was that like Joe Cole one of the good to be fair yeah I remember Scott Parker was, was obviously uh, he was because I was coming up 17 I was with Zola at the time and I was doing really really well and I was really pushing on um, but you know he got sacked obviously but yeah. Scott Parker he was sensational I, I thought as far as a player and a pro yeah unbelievable oh that's nice to hear it's yeah. interesting actually because Zola was you know, because Jack Collison we've had on the podcast. That's right. So he, oh, he, was like, he brought on Collison as well. That's right. Zola was great with the youth team, wasn't he? He like, was fantastic. He was so good. I mean, yeah, likes of Jack. You know, he really pushed on Jack. And Jack was, you know, he's, he deserved everything he got. You know, it's unfortunate that he, uh, I don't know, well, obviously I'm, I'm assuming you know that he retired. Yes, he retired, yeah. Yeah, you know, and that's a shame because he's hard, you know, worked harder than anybody, to yeah. be honest, and uh, he deserved everything. 
And so during your time there, you were you had Zola, Evan Grant, that's right, and, and then Sam. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and then Sam, so I, I think just the era of the Evan Grant, it just kept going downhill. It never really spiked up for me. Yeah. You know, for a lot of young kids. Yeah. For a lot, well, for everyone. For, for everyone, <laughs> yeah. yeah. For fans, yeah. for, for the groundsmen. Aaron Brown. He's just. There's an article this week saying he was. He's been told off by Ghana for being too lazy. Yeah. So. Oh, I. I, I, <laughs> I must say, I don't. I, uh, I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised. <laughs> we all we've heard good, great stories about him, and you don't have to confirm or deny. But yeah. He used to come down to the training pitch and have a little sleep. Uh, <laughs> hey, honestly, I wouldn't put it, I wouldn't put it past him. I wouldn't put it past him. He he, he was yeah. He full surprises. I mean, he got you know some results, mainly bad results. Yeah. But you know, I, I I work with him, but I never got close. So I can't say yeah. like I was. You know, I knew exactly everything he was doing in that yeah. sense, negative or positive, yeah. but, you know, it is what it is. Um, and Zola going was, you know, it's quite a shock for everyone, actually, in terms of, because all the players yeah. loved him, like, oh, all of it. In fact, loved. all the fans loved him, actually. Yeah, but, like, we would, we would, like, especially uh, as a youngster, like, coming up, I was 17, and, and just looking at how people would, uh, would treat him, like, and want to do the right things because they cared for what he felt, you know, yeah. his feelings, you know, just... He wanted the best for the group, and I just remember everybody, uh, you know, just being uh, sort of sensitive towards that. Yes. You know? and, and they wanted to do the right things for him. Yeah. So it was a shame that the results just didn't match up with the, that, and that's just the football, you know. Yeah, of course. And then the Adam Grant uh, era happened, obviously, and then Big Sam came in. How did you find? There was a lot of... Big Sam, for all his goods, in that he yeah. kind of stabilised the club and that's right. you know, and kind of sorts us out in some ways. Yeah, I'll, did, I will always say that. Yeah, he didn't seem to. There was a lot of criticism from a fan's right. point of view of, of, of a youth team and looking after that's the youth right. team, and it was really interesting to know, you know, how it was seen from within because we, you know, all of you guys, we right. all, we, you were all names we were really excited about exactly. coming back. Yeah, and it, we never felt you were treated as well as you should have been. No, there were. To be honest, there was there wasn't. A, I mean, I can say this now, obviously, because uh, you know it's been a, it's been a long while and a lot has happened. But yeah, there's been there was a lot of neglect. I, I I believe so. You know, yeah. if, he just didn't. He just. It's not that he didn't care. It's just like it's like he had better things on his mind. You know, yeah. it's just like he just he did, he didn't have time for it. I don't know. Like I and I can understand that. You know, the Premier League manager, a lot of pressure. Team like West Ham, you know, uh, you want to do well, and he was getting results at some point, and you know, it, it's tough. It's yeah. not easy, yeah. but I feel like even if it's tough, maybe still show love. You know, you can still care and show that. You know, even to us, all we wanted was, you know, just a bit of, I don't know, just like handshakes in the morning, know your name, know that you just, you don't, none of that, yeah. you know, and then. It, it was a shame. It was a real, real shame, you know, because we had a really good group of of, of lads, you know, because yeah. we really did. I and mean, we had a lot of talent, I, I believe. Yeah. You know, good group. And, you yeah. know, I just didn't, just never got shine. And I know this won't have good memories, but yeah. obviously the Nottingham Forest match. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was... And honestly, I... I mean, I look back on that now, and it's just like... Oh, it's, it's, a, it's a good... I enjoyed it as much as it... Because it was our only, like, opportunity. Yeah. It was, like, literally, like... We uh, we played a formation that day we've never played in our life. Of course, uh, we didn't have too much experience on the field. Which now, as a footballer, like playing with you know likes of Stevie and and Kino and yeah. and how much that is important. You know, having those senior guys yeah. just 
really control things, you know, because the things you don't, the fans don't see, you know, the, you know, him telling you where to be in positions, and we had none of that, you know, yeah. all we were just uh, improvising, really, we've never yeah. been in that position before. Yeah. So. Which, yeah. from our point of view, yeah. I mean, we were obviously all, all behind you, and it just looked like the formation, as you say, formation was kind of new, and it's. Yeah, no, I'll never forget like, it. Yeah. We always, from, from I, I was like, well, he's just making a point, isn't he? Yeah. Well, that's. That's the, that's the, after the game, you know, we, we walk in and, I mean, I can't, I couldn't even tell you what he said to us after because yeah. it wasn't, uh, wasn't like, inspiring, you yeah. know. Don't worry about it, you know. This is not your last, you know. This, yeah. it was nothing like that. Yeah. It was nothing like that. I, I never. That's just the truth. I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't, you know, I don't mind if. No, 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 no. It's all it's what we thought actually. It's everyone thinks that from the fans. Yeah, you know, and you know, and as far as. As far as getting results, you know, and just getting the job done, and defensively he was on people, and and he was that he had a character, and people were, you know, they respected him because they were scared of him, and yeah. you know, always wanted to do well because they didn't want to get, you know, exiled. Because as yeah. you saw, a lot of players <laughs> did get yes. exiled immediately without yeah. a second thought. So, in that sense, he he had that respect. Yeah. But a bit of fear factor. A fear factor, exactly. It's funny because Bilic has, as I say, Sam did has, did stabilise us, but Bilic has brought pride back into the club right. and a love for the team. And it exactly. Seems like there is. And you can feel it from here. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I, I, that's the first team I, see, I, I, I check for, you know, as well. I want to see them do well. And I have a lot of love for the for West Ham. I really do. And uh, it's, it seems like he's doing a fantastic job, you know. Just, um, oh, you can tell. And I still speak to the boys. And, I mean... He says he's. He should, you can tell he should, right away he shows love to the to the youth and that. Yeah. I think as a West Ham fan, you like that, you know. Yes. You, there's you know like some nobs that have come up through the academy, and you want more yeah. of them, you know. Yeah. And nobs is on fire at the moment. He's yeah, he's, he's having a cracking season. That's right. Yeah, and he deserves it. I mean, he's he, he really has grown into a great midfielder. I mean, geez. I mean, I've seen him when he was like, I think when I joined the club, he was like coming on loan to Ipswich. Yeah. And then he yeah, really, course, and yeah. then he really uh, got his starting spot. But he's always fought for it. It's never been handed to him. You know, he's yeah. a fantastic footballer. And in terms of, obviously we're moving this season to, yeah. what well, end of the season, to yeah. a new stadium. Did you, um, did the bowling, although you didn't get That's right. lots of chances yeah. like, on it, you know, in the, in the actual matches, does it have special memories? It is, yeah, 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 no, it's, I mean, because I always remember it being a tough place for opponents, especially watching yeah. or being involved on the bench or anything. You could feel yeah. that place, you know, when it, if it gets rocking, it gets, you know, it's a party in there. Yeah. You know, if we're doing well, and it, it's a tough place to go if you're yeah. away. So did you, did, um, did the under-21s and stuff, you used to play on it? Oh, yeah, yeah, a lot, loads, loads, yeah. yeah. It, it is a special place. I mean, because we never got to, like, really play with huge amounts of fans, like, yeah. That was the one place I've I've always dreamed of yeah. getting a packed stadium, starting for West Ham United, you know. Uh, but it, I mean, it never happened. But it, you know, hope you, it's not the dream's not over. No. You never know. Well, there's talk that West Ham might do a um, uh, LA trip preseason. That's what they say. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's what they're talking about. Um, I I had a kick around on the pitch actually uh, with the chairman's sons before I came out. Oh, here. that's right. Yeah, yeah. And that was like it was. There was about ten people in the stand, and they were heckling me. And even then, the pressure was like, "No way!" Oh, yeah, you can do it. You can feel it. Like yeah, ten yeah, people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Man, imagine just a. Imagine the ball gun. Just <laughs> yeah. you know, they're t- they're, they could be tough. Yeah. they could be. I, I mean, I've been there. I've been. I've been yeah. up, and I'm a I'm a player. And so the move to the galaxy. How did that come about? Was it? Uh, it was. A, I mean, it took a while to to get done. Uh, it took when I found out that it was an opportunity to go. We had to keep it. 
quite quite on the low just because of just the rules and you know MLS regulations and yeah. you know it's just the way it is. But uh, it worked out and you know it's been I mean I can't you know yeah. it's been amazing. So yeah, it's far. great to see you doing so well. Yeah, well. I know, I, and I feel comfortable and confident, and I feel like I'm a better footballer, yeah. which is the most important thing. I, yeah. I think you know all around I've I've, I've my strengths have, have really come up. Yeah. You know what I mean? So every time you just you know every time you score on, yeah. the, on the forum that yeah. we do this for, everyone's like, "Oh, Sebastian scored again!" <laughs> oh yeah, no, 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 really was excited quite, for you. Yeah, no, like, I love that, you know. And I've yeah. never gotten any really negative uh, feedback from yeah, really any fans, and uh, you know I love that. I mean, because I've worked so hard for everything, yeah. and I've never just gotten that 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 glance of opportunity, and I finally did, and. I mean, I wanted it to do it. Trust me, yeah. I really, no, really, I bet. really wanted we're all, it to do we're, it. That's why we say, "Oh, well, it's a shame he's not doing that for us." I but, know. Yeah. Yeah, I would have. I would have loved to, you know. But it's just the way it goes. It's football, you but know. It's working out for. But, uh, I'm glad. I'm glad people, you know, uh, still show love and that. You know, yeah. that's, that's amazing. To Very me. much so. Uh, that means a lot. And funnily enough, you're now playing with two people with uh, some West Ham history. Robbie Keane, who came during the Avon Garden That's era. right. And yeah, I, saw I saw, oh man, I remember, I remember bringing that up to him. <laughs> what? I was like, I remember uh, when I first met him, I think it was in Ireland, when I joined them for preseason. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and I was like, oh yeah, you remember him from West He goes, oh yeah, of course, West Ham. He goes, oh man, what a shit. Shit place that was. <laughs> he goes at the time. At the yeah. time, he goes as a club, fantastic. But yeah. fuck, shit. Yeah. yeah, it's funny because I just saw him score and I thought, you know, yeah, I don't know if I can test. Test. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, Wait, and, and then also Gerard, in the, obviously he scored the win against us in the FA That's Cup right. final, and I just saw him blast it over the bar. And I was like, oh what? yeah, 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 yeah. I wish he'd what, done why? it that day. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, no, I think he's brought that up a couple of times, man. Yeah. But he, I, I can't speak. He's, he's such a good like man and and uh, yeah. footballer. Yeah, he's just like he wants to teach, wants to, you know, he has that respect from everyone. Uh, I mean, because it's easy for players to, you know, from everything he's done, he's done, he's been at the highest level. Yeah. And to come here and still demand, you know, high expectations and yeah. and want players to do well. And, yeah. I mean, you know, a lot of people, a lot of players that I've seen at West Ham, you know, just big time, a lot of stuff that they, you know, that they shouldn't have. Yeah. And and you know, players like Stevie, and he's he's still feet on the ground. Amazing. You know, it's amazing. You know, and he does. You, I'm not just saying it. Like you really, yeah. I, I will tell you if, if that wasn't the case. Yeah. But and see, big season ahead. Yeah, huge. Um, national team. Yeah, that's. I mean, it's, I was. Yeah, um, that's one of my goals. That's gotta be up there yeah. I mean I, I feel like uh, I feel it'll happen I'm not worried yeah. it'll happen I'll get my opportunity it's not you know I just gotta take it you know like everything else but amazing uh, well thank you so much yeah no absolutely and from all of us thanks for your time at West Ham and good luck here we'll thank be you. watching you're the man thanks thank man yeah. the news about the Brown West Ham podcast is brought to you by 888sport.com forward slash West Ham Manchester United Old Trafford um, I was speaking to Lee just before this episode he told me that he sometimes bets on the opposition as a kind of emotional emotional hedge betting exercise so it means I can't lose can't lose right so maybe go on there have a flutter on Manchester United and you get triple the odds on your first bet <laughs> that is 888sport.com forward slash West Ham Cool. So that was the Sebastian Legette interview there. A few interesting points. Firstly, obviously, Big Sam's relationship with the youth team, I think, is interesting. We suspected that he wasn't that invested in the youth team, and it sounds like Sebastian's kind of backed those fears up. Confirm that. I think if you're a young player at West Ham during that period of time, it must have been hugely frustrating. 
Um, you know, Elliot Lee was somebody that I was itching to get the opportunity to play, scoring goals for the development team, um, not getting the opportunity to play at a time when West Ham needed goals and strikers and just seemingly would do, Sam would do anything but pick a young player. Now, I think Sam did a good job for West Ham, took the team up from the Championship, continued to improve them. Now that Billich is here and it's a different team and young players are being given an opportunity, of course life's a lot better and, and you know this is a this is a far a far better time to be a West Ham fan than than it was watching Sam Allardyce, but you but you could hear the frustration that Sebastian had in 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 the lack of opportunities that were given and not even that it didn't really feel like they were part of it they weren't really given an opportunity and then the way they were treated over the Nottingham Forest thing I I, I thought that that was a really poor management I thought it was a betrayal of what West Ham stands for as a club and also for supporters who travelled up to Nottingham support the club home and away and the cup runners yeah. we've seen this season because I think it's what the it cup do. run that's really kind of got the momentum back into the, into the yeah. league form yeah. and, and Sam never really got that Hmm. Um, fairly damning of Avram Grant too. Yeah. He's a good, he's a he's a good guy, Avram. He's a funny guy. He's got a good stories. He Socially, he's a good guy to be with. He's got a lot of very just, powerful friends. He's got a lot of well. powerful, which is why they gave him the job in the first yeah. place. They thought that his powerful friends would would help influence transfers and signings, and that's how it was all meant to work out. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, as we know, it didn't work out like that. It was it was it was a very poor manager of West Ham, useless in fact, uh, manager of West Ham, and it just wasn't the right fit. No. And and I, I, I think it's getting the right fit is absolutely crucial and, and uh, West Ham have gone about that in the right way this time. Mm. And then also Sebastian, you know, so he's gone to LA Galaxy. He's on fire now. They've got Gerard. He spoke really highly of yeah. Gerard. Also got former West Ham striker Robbie Keane. <laughs> I mean, uh, he's, he's really got cracked on and he's talking about, yeah. the, obviously at the end of the year, talking about playing for the US team now. I mean, well, I think the MLS is, it's a, you know, it seems to me um, that it's quite an exciting place to be. Obviously the money's good. But if you look at LA Galaxy, there's attractive players to look at, whether it's mm. Steven Gerrard, whether it's Robbie Keane, Ashley Cole's there now. And obviously he was talking about, you know, um, beating all of them in a shootout. That's not too bad, is it? That's definitely one to be to be proud of. Um, and, and, you know, this is a big season for them because they, did, they weren't as successful last season as people mm. hoped that they would be. And that, it looks to me like an all-star cast. And if things go well for him, the American squad, I think, is a, is a very real opportunity for him. Yeah. Fingers crossed. Um, well, let's talk about your West Ham supporting career yeah. now, Lee. So how did, how did you start out becoming a West Ham fan? Well, I was born in East London in Beckton, so my family were West Ham fans and they were our local team, a great believer in um, you don't choose your team, your team chooses you. I think Danny Dye used to say mine, so you know, if it's good enough for him, it's got to be good enough for me. Um, and I, I, can't, I remember my granddad coming home from the docks one day and he had a copy of the Evening Standard, always used to bring back a copy of the Evening Standard. I was fascinated in newspapers, even. As a, even as a kid and the front page was uh, West Ham signed goalkeeper world record fee and it was the front page of the Evening Standard and it was the signing of Phil Parks and and you know I, I, remember, I remember those times and that, that was the sort of power of newspapers bringing news which I, I realise you know it's changed now the way that people get their news some still buy newspapers thankfully but you know whether that's online or social media or whatever but you know that story sticks in my head as something and I kind of thought you know that's a big story that's that, you know that's something that I you know I'd, I'd, I'd love to get hold of that news and to read that news and to enjoy that news so breaking stories is still something that, that I'm quite excited about doing whenever we get the chance to do that mm. Do you remember your first game? Upton Park. Yeah, I went with a with um, a chap that my mum worked with, a chap called Freddie Deer, who was a really nice man, um, and he used to go to games and get me programs. And one day he said, "Would you like to come with me?" And it was West Ham against Wrexham, and it was about nineteen seventy nine, I think. And uh, I just 
instantly thought, I love it here. I want to come back. <laughs> uh, this is this is the place for me. And at the time, um, I think for parents, uh, they weren't always keen to let young children go off and watch football. It's not like it is now when there's far more of a sort of entertainment industry and safety and security and policing and stewarding is, is, is much better than it was then. So it took me a little bit of time to kind of go on a regular basis. And I remember going in the North Bank, that's where we, that's where it was kind of perceived to be a safer place to be. Mm. And then when I was old enough to go with my friends, we used to go to the South Bank and we were a bit more, you know, kind of cocky and leery <laughs> with it and uh, joining in some of the things that we shouldn't have been chanting and certainly you're not allowed to chant now. <laughs> uh, um, but but I just it just, you know, I, I, the, the whole thing of going to West Ham, of walking back along the Barking Road, of going to Drake's Drum and getting fish and chips and, and, and walking home back to Beckton and sort of the joy and the thrill of of, of seeing your team play. It kind of, it, it, I caught the bug then. And then when I was about 17, I had a chance to join The Sun uh, and join The Sun as a young reporter. And so it changed very quickly. I remember covering my first game when I was 17, played Southampton. Uh, Mark Ward got sent off for a late tackle on Jimmy Case. Not a good person to to mess with, but um, <laughs> um, and then it kind of changed for me a little bit because I was kind of finding myself reporting on the team, and I'm, I'm sure mm. you you have this too, that you can't allow your bias to become no. part of what you're doing, and in fact I would be more critical about them than perhaps I would have been an, another team uh, because I just had so much hope and expectation, and um, but I love covering West Ham, and when I was about 18, I got a chance to to go on tour to Norway with them when Lou Macari just took over as manager, um, and that was brilliant fun. Uh, and there were only two journalists on the trip, and so to have the access that I was given, uh, so Lou would make the players go to bed early, and he would sit up with us and talk about the players he was going to sign, and he was very open and honest. We weren't allowed to write about all of it, but he was very open, and in fact, yeah, we had to help him get some numbers for players. He was talking to people like Ray Wilkins and Rob Wallace and stuff like that at the time. It would have been interesting to see Ray Wilkins at West Ham. Mm. Um, and then the players were given a night out, and I won't go into too many details, <laughs> but being with McAvenny on the dance floor was a lifetime experience. <laughs> oh, and wow. and um, it, was, it, was, it was great. So, sort of travelling around to obscure <clears throat> places in Norway. Um, you know, I remember there was a player called Simon Livett in the squad, and Simon was only a year older than me at school. So we both went to Brampton Manor School, and um, you know, Simon was a terrific footballer. And a, a kind of, you know, when you were younger than Simon, you looked up to him at school. He, you know, he had, a, he had a way about him, a sort of a class, a quality about him, really. And never quite made it at West Ham, but but just remember him being on that trip too. And suddenly we'd been at school together and now I was following West Ham around Norway like a kind of you know like a kid really I was like a bit of an autograph hunter more than I was a, 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 proper, a proper reporter and the day that Paul Ince was pictured wearing the Manchester United shirt bear in mind he was still a West Ham player we all know the story uh, the office couldn't get me all day because I'd gone out fishing with the players and didn't have my mobile with me so that's that wasn't me being oh, a particularly no. good reporter <laughs> and I was a useless fisherman but you know they're kind of they're sort of lifetime friendships that you know people yeah. like Alvin Martin and guys like that have so much time and, and respect Tony for. Gale was there as well wasn't Tony he because was he told trip. us about that I think Tony, yeah. Tony was on that when trip when the story Phil dropped that you were there trip, McAvinney, and, and yeah. actually you know, there was the initial sort of few days of them thinking, you work for a newspaper, we're not going to trust you. But once we've broken down those kind of, um, those barriers, it was such a fantastic experience. And, and I learned a lot from mm. listening to them and talking to them. And, you know, those pre-season tours have become, you know, for Premier League clubs now, as we know, multi-million pound businesses. Mm. But in those days, because there were only two journalists on the trip, you could really feel like you were part of the team and yeah. got to know the players and... and they trusted you and there wasn't an awful lot of work to be done. It was about building relationships and um, 
it was a real privilege to be there and to sort of see the see the players well. Mm. You really kept at a distance now, yeah. Aren't you as a, as a journalist? Yeah, it's it's hard. I think it's it's <clears> um it's hard for young journalists coming into it now who don't get the opportunity to get to know those guys. Mm. I mean, you know, in the days of Harry Redknapp being West Ham oh, manager yeah. and Shirley was making the tea at, at, at Chadwell Heath. You know, I just used to say, walk around Chadwell yeah, Heath like yeah, I owned exactly. the gas. Yeah, Harry, Harry, <laughs> Harry would say, come and get yeah. yourself a cup of tea and come and sit over here with us. Yeah. And, it, and, and you know, Alvin would be sitting there and you'd go and sit down and have a chat with him. And, you know, so, so because you were seeing the players and because you knew the players, I think it also influenced the way that you... Reported. reported on them because you'd see them two days later yeah you know i remember once giving darren anderton a low mark for an england game and the next time i was at the spurs training ground pulled me and 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 we had a sort of five minute chat about it. he was saying he thought he was worth a seven and i was saying i think he was <laughs> worth a six and and we sort of had you know it wasn't an argument it was a friendly sort of chat about it mm. and it showed how much how much it meant to them made you take a bit more care perhaps sometimes as well yeah and also it's like human nature if you're going to face these guys up then you're going to think twice about maybe being overcritical. Whereas mm. now, I think that's what was like so clear for all. Really, mm. Harry Redknapp was very clever in that way, though, very wasn't good. he? Fostered those relationships, and then you wouldn't do a number yeah. on them. But now, if you or, if if, if you they get, don't talk to you, you've got to fill those yeah. column inches. We've got to, you know, make those features. So we'll talk about them yeah. anyway. So it's a lot better if you know they give us the players to talk to. I and, thought it was smart doing that. Of course. And, and yet now there's so much resistance. And, oh, it's um, ridiculous. West Ham are quite good. I've got to say. You know, yeah, they I, are. I mean, I, I think that they um, are. I think Paul Stringer does a good job. Uh, I think it's not an easy job when you when you're when you've got. You know, Sullivan, Gold, Brady, I think, would be demanding of him and the expectation of kind of positive media. But I think he works He works hard at it. I think access to players is, is probably as good as, if not better, than most other clubs. So, yeah. I, so I, I know they've got a new stadium and seats to sell and all of that kind of stuff, but I think he, he does a good job. And yeah. I think generally the mood around it, I know it's easy to be positive right now because the team's doing so well, mm. um, but I think the mood around it is, is good, is healthy. Mm. Do you find it difficult sitting in the press box when you're watching a game? I don't sit in the press box. Do you I've not, not been in the press box for 10 years. Really? So I'm a so season I ticket do. holder, buy my season ticket. <laughs> I, I, you know, go with my friend Tony uh, and we were babies together. So to sort of, you know, uh, to be able to do that again with him now. Um, so, so I kind of put work to one side, leave it at the right. door. Um, and you know the, the only thing is any of my reporters who are covering games they give different ratings to what I think then we have a bit of a tear up the next morning <laughs> and I have been known for early well, morning phone calls complaining. I know but they tend to ignore me and do their own ratings <laughs> um, but early morning phone calls complaining about the ratings and um, no, I, you know, I, f- I feel it's almost kind of I made a decision that I'd missed a lot of that time by being a reporter it was a great privilege to be a reporter and be in the press box and, and do all those kind of things um, but when I moved into the job that I've got now, I just decided I want to be a fan when I do that. I want to yeah. do everything that, you know, I want to go for, I want to go to CAF before the game and, and I want to go to Denmark and have a couple that, of yeah. pints of Guinness mm. and I want to walk along and I want to moan about the game. I want to complain about the team. I want to shout at the referee and then I can go back and put a suit and tie on and go back to work after that. But it, it's, a, it's, it's a great joy of mine and, and, I, and I love it. I just love it. Um, how is, in terms of relationship with players and maybe managers the last few years who have you really kind of got along with who do you, whose company did you enjoy or really enjoy as, as yeah it was different again now because I'm not writing about them mm. again it's almost it, it's a different a different relationship you know like I, 
the manager I probably get on I get on very well with Mark Hughes I get on very well with Alan Pardew I, I like spending time with those guys um, I thought Alan Pardew was a very good manager of West Ham and of course you know we can all look back to that final against Liverpool and um, you know it was it was the it was the the worst experience and, and you know we had an interview recently in the in the paper with Stephen Gerrard yeah, where, that, where yeah. he talked about it and he, but he said this is the best West Ham team ever mm. so I quite like I used that as the headline and Jamie Carragher said to me is it, do you really think that's the headline I'm putting that as the headline <laughs> that's the headline um, and um, and 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 so you know I went to Crystal Palace's training ground a couple of weeks ago and just it was really interesting talking to Alan about West Ham and um, he picked out Mikel Antonio and he used a great phrase and he said chaos factor that's what he brings <laughs> Love that. and I said yeah but he's not this and he doesn't do that and he do- and, and he said no no but but he doesn't know what he's going to do next his teammates don't know what he's going to do next the opposition don't know what he's going to do next and you need that player mm. because so many players now academy coached you know, yep. They come through the same system. They all yep. play same age football. He wasn't that player. He's got that rawness, know. isn't he? He's got that rawness about mm. him. And, and um, so I think Alan had him uh, either Reading or Southampton on, on loan. And he said he is he is a very good player for West Ham. And this was before this run began that he, he was scoring regularly. Mm-hmm. So I like that phrase, chaos factor. So I'm kind of stealing that for my own. <laughs> so Mikel, Mikel yeah. Antonio's chaos factor. Let's have more of that. <laughs> um, mem- Upton Park memories. What yeah. stands out for you, like, obviously last season? Yeah, those Ray Stewart penalties, I think, stand out. The ten- tension and the nervousness. Like that 86 season, um, I was 16 then. So um, I remember one the game against Chelsea and not getting in. So um, uh, the the sort of queuing up the long queues, Neil Orr playing in that game and making a mistake, and then Chelsea winning that game, which which effectively cost West Ham the title because you know obviously Liverpool went on and won the title at Chelsea. Kenny Dalglish's goal, um, and and the sort of I think in those days. Upton Park was a better ground in terms of atmosphere than now. I know that's the second mention. Mm. I, I think the atmosphere is a bit flat at the moment, and I think yeah. this team deserves a greater atmosphere. Mm. It should be like the Tottenham game every single game. Um, and you know, I know, I know, you've mentioned before about the eight-one Newcastle. Yeah. Um, friend and myself had the chance to go to that game, and we ended up. Um, spending the evening with two girls from school, and, <laughs> and, and afterwards walking away from their house. And bumping into people coming back from Upton Park, saying, "What was the score?" And somebody said eight one. And no, of course, so <laughs> going over to the next guy, what was the score? Eight one. So, so I actually missed Alvin Martin's hat trick for <laughs> an evening with a girl from school. Oh and, dear! Um, I've still got the paper from the next day. Yeah. That. <laughs> yes. News of the world. Well, everybody talks about, don't they? The the, the fact he scored the hat trick against yeah. three different goalkeepers. Yeah. There's always a quiz question that comes mm. up. Yeah. And, um, and didn't Beasley get his teeth knocked out as well in that game? I think he, he was one of the goalkeepers, wasn't yeah. he? Kenny Wharton was another one, and the other one was McGregor. Is that right? Is that I don't right? Anyway. I mean, yeah. <laughs> anyway, it's a quiz question. I can't even answer myself. <laughs> um, but but um, but no, I, I mean, I think I think it's been. A good ground, uh, you know. I also remember the behind closed doors game against Dinamo, to, you know, against uh, Castilla in the Cup Winners' Cup in '81. Did you manage to sneak into that? I didn't, um, but I remember listening to it on the radio because I because I kind of always wanted to be a radio journalist and um, a, a commentator, and I used to tape matches and then watch them back again and try to do match commentary and then listen back to mine for a third time with my commentary. That's, that's dedication. That is. <laughs> I, really, I really, really wanted to be, and and I kind of used to listen to that um, because in those days, it was on Radio Two, and it was you could only have the second half. 
but the commentary was just electrifying, you know, because you could hear every, you could hear everything, and nobody, mm. you, the feeling nobody was in the ground, you weren't mm. missing out on anything, you were hearing about it on the radio, um, and uh, so so that was that was a memory, and then Castilla, that, so that was against Castilla, and then Dinamo Tbilisi that year came to Upton Park, and won four one, and they had a player called Alexandra Chivatsa who played as a sweeper. And I don't think we'd seen a sweeper before. We'd seen people like Bobby Moore, obviously, and the mm. way that they played out from the back. But playing Shivatsa as a sweeper, dominating the game from, from the sweeper's position, I, I mean, I, I only watched the game belatedly. But to see to see a defender dominate a game like that, and obviously then subsequently people like Kuman and Samar and guys like that did it. Mm. Um, but this, uh, I'd never seen anything like it. West Ham lost that game 4-1 at home, and, and it was a it was a breathtaking performance so I think kind of I don't know like lots of lots of fun. any good memories <laughs> no you see I'm I told you I'm beating Spurs 1-0 that's a, that's a, that's a, that's yeah, a that's great a memory that's, that's, a, that's a great memory mm. uh, um, so walking down like Green Street now like are you are you starting to get a bit emotional is it getting a bit real now yeah the I, end? but I think we were saying before that it was the Spurs game that sort of began mm. to make it feel because there's so few night games left and I yeah. think we all we all appreciate that a night game at Upton Park is different from from, from anything else and um, uh, and, and the kind of you know it, it is getting close now and and you know I always walk past the queue queuing up for the uh, pie and mash is that Nathan's the one in in Barking Road is it called Nathan's or is that the called. one at Upton Park anyway I don't do pie and mash. I don't I don't I don't like pie and mash but <laughs> but the queue always amazes me because it doesn't matter how long you know it might be ten minutes before before the yeah. game's about to start but the queue's still like forty deep and these people have got no chance of having pie and mash um, but they still <laughs> seem to join the queue but but uh, you know I admire that and I and I, I sort of miss that kind of you know I mean the the area um, and there'd be no reason ever to go back to the area again and it was an area close to where I was brought up. You know, I remember walking along the Barking Road and you know, used to buy my trainers in Row Sports and, and you know, uh, so there's no reason to go back to that area no. again. So there's that sort of sense, really. And Wouldn't the, it be strange to go back, like, in 10 years' time, yeah. though, and walk through? There's nothing glamorous about it, is there? I no. Mean, let's, uh, I'll try mm. to say that as politely as I can. Yeah. Um, uh, but but there is there is a sort of sense of, there is a so, the soul of West Ham is there. You know, that's where... That's a lot of inner city clubs, yeah. are, they're never glamorous, are no. they? No, they're not. Mm. No. You think of Everton, you think of Palace, yeah. you know, Tottenham. It's not, you know, the nicest, but... I think sometimes that's what adds to mm. the excitement of it all. We are saying the character, weren't we? The character yeah. of Green Street, yeah. Ken's It's, it's character. urban, it's... The laundry yeah. but the But the... How many times have you been to <laughs> um, But But, the, I mean, the Olympic Stadium is going to be, yeah. is going to be yeah. wonderful and mm. an Not opportunity for the club to move on to a different level. I, I'm, you know, I bought my season tickets. I'm incredibly excited about, about, about being there. Um, uh, and, and maybe it's just about getting over these last few games and then we can look forward. And if there's a, pos- if there's, if there's a prospect of looking forward with European football as well, yeah. bouncing off the back of a good season... Um, and and you know then then who knows what what can happen to this club because the potential is massive you know already talking about increasing the uh, capacity at the Olympic Stadium uh, and and moving up beyond sixty thousand and there's a real sort of resentment isn't there from you know mm. other clubs about West Ham being given this leg up yeah but Karen's done a brilliant job with it I think that you know my own experiences and friends that I know who have bought their season tickets that's all been very smooth and it's been managed well as far as I'm as far as I'm aware. Uh, and so, you know, let's let's see where they go from here. But the prospect of buying big players 
I mean, this Ibrahimovic thing is ridiculous, right? I mean, I mean, <laughs> Imagine. I mean, I mean, you know, I do have a bit of a man crush on Ibrahimovic, um, <laughs> and the idea of him playing for West Ham. I, I mean, I, you know, I, I do know that agents have spoken to West Ham, and I think one of the things that they are surprised about is how many people seems to be seem to be coming to them now, rather than them having yeah. to go and kind of talk to clubs over here. Agents well, are good. making it clear that their players, well, we might be interested in coming to play for West Ham. They're surprised at the number of people who have mm. made contact. Wow. Of kind of, you know, big stars around Europe. Now, the thing with Ibrahimovic, he earns £300,000 a week, and the prospect of that sort of tipping the apple cart at West Ham, I think, is highly unlikely. Mm. But nonetheless, you know, those talks have been had. There's some consideration about what they do next, and the idea of having a sort of big star coming to the club, I, I find that incredibly exciting. Do you think now there'll be a period where you don't have to have a billionaire owner to to have some sort of success? Oh, it's interesting that Leicester and West Ham may be proving that yeah, you, you know, don't I mean, have Leicester to have a bit of money behind them, but not massive. But they money. haven't spent, no. you know, millions and millions and millions. There's still some way to catch up, I think, with the clubs like Man City and, and you know, Chelsea will come again. Chelsea next Manchester season will be a United different will come again. You know, we'll see, I prospects. think Chelsea will have different players. Yeah. And I think Manchester City with Guardiola in charge, you know, the idea of players like Pogba coming you know, I'm excited Messi about. maybe so yeah, well, with that in mind then do you think this is just the shiny season for the likes of us and Leicester I think this is the one or do you think that we can no this is the season and got to take the chance now it's here and now you yeah. have to take it because I think to sustain it next season in a new stadium when inevitably there'll be a little bit of a dip in form mm. if you could buy one player money no object who would you bring to West Ham Messi Ibrahimovic <laughs> If he's That's up two. for it, you've got two. You've <laughs> one, got of money for one. one of those two. One of those two. Messi, I think. Yeah, yeah, you'd probably say Messi. But what about if, he, if he's if he's not an option? What about a re- more realistic option? Is there one player you think would make a difference? I don't. I think the, as we were saying before, we, we came in the studio. We miss a goal scorer. If we can get yeah. a goal scorer <laughs> in this team, I'm drooling at the prospect of what could happen. Yeah. Mm. It's interesting, isn't it? Really yeah. Interesting. Um, well, in other news, uh, <laughs> Slavin Bilic has hammered Roy Hodgson for saying yeah. for not putting Mark Noble in the team. He's having an incredible season. He is. What I mean, where do you stand on Hodgson there and, and Mark Noble? I think there are other players ahead of him in the pecking order. Really? I mean, the, p- the performance against Tottenham, I tweeted that it was the best performance of his life. And, and OK, I was a bit excited after the game. But but I, but I thought he was exceptional in the way that he played, the way he led as a captain, as a mm. leader. Um, and, and I thought he played with a calm head too. Uh, sometimes with Mark, he can dive in and, and you know become overexcited and sort of attempt to win the ball or get an early yellow but he just it was it was a it was the perfect performance from him against Tottenham mm. and after that inevitably one of the debates was you know should he should he play for England and I just think he's his chance is probably gone. Yeah, not had a chance really. But there are just other players ahead of him in the pecking order. Would you pick Deli Ali or yeah. Mark Noble? You pick. Th- that's Alley. the thing. You have to sort of go with what the future got. rather yeah. than. I've, I've said this before. If if Mark was playing like this four five years ago, he would be a shoe in. But unfortunately, he didn't have this team yeah. to play in, and mm. we weren't at this level. Yeah. You're right. He's definitely improved with better players around. Yeah, him. for sure. Um, and with Bilic as yeah. well. I think Bilic has brought him on to, to a different level entirely. Yeah. That, so who, who would you put in ahead of him? So Deli Ali. Who else? Well, I think. Who um, else would be on the plane? You know, I think that that that's um, you know the England midfield. Deli Ali is the player that England should build 
Absolutely, he's team, an exciting the player. Team around, um, I think uh, Ross Barkley as well is mm-hmm. a, is an outstanding player, and uh, you know I th- I'm hoping that this England team go to this European Championships and play on the front foot with no fear. Yeah. If you've got a team that's got pace, players like Sterling and Vardy. Mm-hmm. If you've got Harry Kane, I yeah. still think Wayne, Wayne Rooney's got a role to play, even if it's potentially from the bench. If you've got people like Deli Ali and Ross Barkley, okay, there's a problem at the back. We've got good goalkeepers though, Joe Hart and Butland. You know, I'm still a big England fan, and and I think that it's um, it's interesting that 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 maybe because at West Ham we've been used to you know with the whole kind of history, legacy, and more, and Hurst and Peters and whatever. I think England still means quite a lot to West Ham fans. It's interesting that how much West Ham fans want Noble to play, Mm. they want Cresswell to play, they want Mm. recognition for what they. See, I don't really understand that. Other clubs don't care, do they? Liverpool, Liverpool Liverpool, Liverpool don't. Liverpool's a prime example. They don't. They don't want their players to play for England. I think there are other clubs that are going along that same path yeah. playing for England has become less important than Champions League yeah. football for those clubs but West Ham fans still seem to have this they want that recognition for their players mm. and I think I quite like that because like I say England you know I yeah. care about England but in I those positions I see Cresswell in the team for yeah. sure Antonio as well I think he's done well Antonio I think he just needs to focus on West Ham yeah. <laughs> let's keep everybody fit and play for West come Ham come on though he's, yeah. he's even thinking about Rashford I know. <laughs> I know well I mean Rashford's made a, a big impact for Manchester United but um, let's, let's hope West Ham keep him quiet <laughs> yeah. on Sunday um, we'll talk about that in a second but obviously some more international news Garner accused Avram Grant of being lazy got a quote here we have ordered him to return from Europe tomorrow to the local league important matches against Mozambique are approaching and we need him Avram Grant lazy listen he's probably in the casino <laughs> <laughs> you do like a bit of Avram I know well, I don't, you, we, you, it you, hasn't come up a lot because it's been uh, an Avram heavy show I think today. we need Avram to come on the show Let's <laughs> well, get, we got some he has quest- said yes he excellent has said yes. Good but, uh, he's, you he's know, on his he's way busy. to Ghana at the moment he won't, he's, uh, <laughs> yeah, to watch Mozambique yeah watch the space uh, so on to the cup Manchester United I, I think of everything on this show and there's been a lot I've looked forward to talking about this is the thing I'm really looking forward to talking about Manchester United in the cup Sunday Lee can we do it matters out this, yeah. they're, they're weak they lost to West Brom we seem to be in unbelievable form what's going to happen what could possibly go wrong um, <laughs> you're asking the wrong man here yeah. oh, okay. give me some pessimism okay. bring me down no no I won't be too, I won't be too gloomy because, I mean on form and the way that the two teams have been playing uh, it's in West Ham's favour there's no need to go there with any fear drawn mm. nil-nil um, there in the league already this season um, last year the I went up to Old Trafford last year and the, the Kevin Nolan goal at yeah. the end that was, that his was nose really, uh, was offside nose was offside yeah um, and, and and so I kind of feel that we owe them you know there's been a bit of disappointment against Manchester United in recent times you know the game that West Ham were leading 2-1 and then that sensational ball from Ryan Giggs Van Persie on the volley yeah. to make it 2-2 Ro- uh, Rooney's know, goal as well uh, from goal, the halfway line Adrian, you know mm. um, uh, and, and so uh, it's, it's I think it's West Ham's time, mm. and and the the prospect of, you know, again, this is where you change your argument. I don't think the FA Cup semi final should be at Wembley, no, but I this don't. year West Ham win, <laughs> yeah, exactly. they're allowed yeah. to be at Wembley. I'm yeah. not complaining about yeah. that. Bring it on. Yeah. I think tactically though, between Billich and um, LVG, there's no contest, is there? Mm. No, and we've got a bit of time to rest. I think yeah. that's important. And Manchester United play Liverpool on Thursday, so so the fact that mm. the Manchester United have got this epic. European tie against Liverpool oh God, on Thursday I forgot about that. and then the second leg the following Thursday means that they don't even start to think about West Ham yeah. until Friday or Saturday they want to get in the Champions League and so Billich has got the whole week to prepare the team yeah. um, and uh, this is starting to make me sound very positive and excited <laughs> I'm in. Uh, I'm in. Uh, I don't think. Uh, I know the I three of us are all going to Old Trafford, uh, yeah. uh, and, and I, I'm kind of, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm driving up, and I'm looking forward to it. And uh, yes, I think West Ham can win. Ooh, 
I don't want to get ahead of myself, but I don't feel like we've got chokers in the team anymore. No. Do we? I don't think so. I think there seems to be players who, who enjoy the confidence of, yeah. of playing well and, and who want to continue that form. I don't think Dimitri Payet somebody who's going to choke no, on the big stage. Absolutely not. Um, in, in, the, in tomorrow's Daily Mail, so um, what day is it today? I can't remember what Monday. day it is. It's Monday. So in Tuesday's Daily Mail, um, we've, got a, we've got a kind of background piece on Payet. I wanted, I wanted to find out more about his background because... Where's he been? 29 yeah. this month. Yeah. He's not been on the radar. I mean, Alan Pardew was saying to me that he hadn't even been mentioned at Newcastle. Now, if you scout France That's I don't weird. understand how you can miss pay it now mm. of course Newcastle as we know like to buy 23 24 year olds with a resale value yeah. but nonetheless you can't miss this guy and so that's been West Ham's good fortune yeah. um, and I wanted to find out a little bit more about his background and, and uh, it turns out that I found it quite tricky when he first came across from reunion to France and, and um, was a bit homesick struggled to fit in one or two people were suggesting that he tried too much of the fancy stuff you know one mm-hmm. or two too many overhead kicks um, so it took him time to develop and you know so now this is this is West Ham's game because as he as he moves towards his 29th birthday, he just looks. I think he's the, the best player that that I've that I've seen at West Ham. I, I mean, I think he's better than Di Canio. I think he's better than Tevez. Um, and you know, obviously, we go back to the time of Brooking and and Devonshire was a favourite of mine too. Mm. But this guy, okay, it's one season, so he needs to sustain it yeah. over a period of time. But he's just fabulous. You only need to watch his warm up. His free kicks, just yeah. time after time, bang, bang, bang. You feel sorry for the warm up goalkeeper. He's just kind of like standing there watching, yeah. it, watching it fly over his head. And so um, I wanted to find out more about him. I think he, you know his character suggests that it wasn't all right for him in the early stages, but he just seems to fit here. And and I think mm. he's, he's he's found his home. He's at his peak for sure. I think last season he had a really good season, didn't he? I must and, say, yeah. And we signed him on the strength yeah. of that. Um, Billich had been watching him for a long time. Um, I think he is at his ultimate um, peak. I just hope that that can continue yeah. for just at least seasons. one more game. Yes, <laughs> at least one more. <laughs> no, game. Let's be greedy. At let's least have, one more season. Let's have, the rest, of the, let's have the rest of this season at least. You yeah. Know I mean, um, the, the prospect of him walking out of Wembley for the cup. Oh season. god. Yeah, people talking oh, about him potential here. player of the year. I guess that will go to Mares or Vardy. But I mean, yeah, he's certainly that'll been, go to Mares. I yeah, think he's certainly been. Um, he's been my best player. Yeah. How do you think the flow of the game will go? How do you think we'll start? How do you think? Got to start better than we than we have done in recent yeah. games. Terrible at Newcastle, terrible at Norwich, terrible mm-hmm. at Everton. Seem to need to give other teams a head start before beginning to kind mm. of mm. get into gear. And I think if that happens at Manchester United, I don't think, you can't go back from 2-0 down mm. against Manchester United, I don't think. Um, uh, they've got a lot of Not injuries, they're stretched, and they will be coming off the back of that Liverpool game, which I'm sure will take a lot out of them emotionally and in terms of fitness. So we must start better. I don't know yeah. why there's this sort of, you know, uh, slow and sloppy start. I'm sure they're working on it. I don't mm. know if it's a mental thing. Um, it can't be a fitness thing, but... You know, the need to... Against Tottenham was a good start and I thought they sustained it even though Spurs came back in the second half for a period. I thought West Ham sustained that pretty much for 90 minutes but I also thought they started poorly against Sunderland. You know, I kind of set the tone and the tempo for the rest of the game. And Bournemouth had to come back from behind again there. Mm. So really need to improve on that. And if they if they can get a start on the game, and if they can kind of, West Ham are, West Ham currently have a better team than Manchester United, and that I don't know when we've ever been able to say that before. No, exactly. Um, but I think West Ham have a better team, player for player. If you had a form guide, I think West Ham would score higher than Manchester United. 
It's just about taking it into this game yeah. and start well. I think we've got the most points in a season that we've ever won from losing positions, yeah. which is brilliant. I just don't want that. I don't want to no. be in that position in the first place at Old Trafford. No. You don't want to give yourself a mountain to climb there. No. I think you're right. If we can get off to a good start there, I think. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, I'm just looking this. at Chris's face. <laughs> I'm just you're so right there. You look like you're I'm in so pain. I'm so tense about this now. And since we got over Spurs, see, no, now I'm over Spurs. I'm, I'm fine. Yeah, that's how I feel too. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really, absolutely I fine. I feel like I'm I've dumb. taken all the tension out of that game and just piled it no. onto this one. Like it's snowball. I will be tense on Sunday, but that was the game for me. I, I'm yeah. over it now. Yeah, I'm fine. Uh, so, how do you think we'll do against Manchester United then, at Old Trafford? I think we're going to win. Yeah. Zippity doodah. I'll take a point. <laughs> or a draw at least. <laughs> a draw, obviously. Oh, definitely yeah. take a draw. night game up to play. That would be amazing. I wouldn't, I wouldn't oh. complain about that, but, but I think I, West I love Ham, a win at Old Trafford, yeah. though. 2-1. Yeah, 2-1. Two, 2-1. Two, two, one. Bianca? Mm, I'm going to go 2-0. Okay. But who would you start up front? Who would you... Oh, do you wow. go Carroll? Do you go Sacco? Do no, you go I wouldn't, I wouldn't start Carroll. I'd start Sacco. I think yeah. his pace, he seems to have a bit of confidence about him now. He's a bit of chasing. I trust him slightly more than Emanike. He's got swagger, I don't really know Sacco. what he is. Sacco can can head a cross in. I'm not yeah. sure Emanike can do that, and we may need to do that. And so. he does the hammer sign when he scores. And he's so yeah. Most what more, importantly. What, what more can we want? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the rise of that that kind of hammer sign. Where's that come from? Oh, it's good, though, isn't it? <laughs> it, 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 it it's, is great. Um, no, I, I, I like it's it. unique. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's... Uh, and, Apart and, from the X Factor. <laughs> and and I do like it when Saka does it when he scores. So, yeah. Yeah. Fair, fair play to the guy. Let's yeah. hope he's doing plenty of that on Sunday. Yeah. And then the fixture following that, Chelsea away. Um, how do you think we're going to do there? I, I can't think further than the United game, but... Yeah. I mean, I'm not sure. Is it, is it sort of... Is it time for West Ham to go and be a bit snooty going to Stamford Bridge? You know, for such a long time, been in their shadow. Mm. I mean, you remember... You, you mentioned earlier about the 4-0 win at Stamford Bridge with McAvenny yeah. just destroying them in that game. Wouldn't it be good to go and do that again? That, that would <laughs> be. I mean, so, why not? Let, let's, let's sort of... Yeah, uh, hold you know, on, you get, look gone. at you getting all optimistic. I'm more positive. Ask me that question again about yeah. where I'm going to This is that. a bit like the TARDIS, this place. <laughs> yeah, when you walk out, you're just walking on air. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think, Chelsea away, Bianca? Do you think that's... Uh... Um... I think it's unfortunate they're just starting to get back mm. to the Chelsea of old, but we're not the West Ham of old. So it's one of those games that you, you just never, ever know. Uh, I can't call it, but I don't think we're going to lose. Important to have Reed back, though, and fit. Yeah. 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 I hope he's for that Because one. I think people underestimate, not obviously not West Ham fans, but people who are not West Ham fans underestimate the amount of injuries West Ham have had this season. Mm-hmm. West Ham have had more injuries than Leicester have had. Mm. and yet still managed yeah. to kind of maintain things, even if some of those results, some of those games, drawing at home to Stoke, drawing at home to Everton, weren't kind of the results that we were looking for, mm. still managed to get through it. And now people are starting to come back to be fit. Mm. We have a strong squad. Yeah. Imagine a world in which we win our next two games. Imagine that. That sounds good. <laughs> oh, incredible. <laughs> Um, Lee, thank you so much for joining us. Nice you're, to be here. you're obviously on Twitter. Yes. Lee at, underscore. At Lee underscore Clayton, I think. I didn't make it easy. <laughs> no. No. Uh, thank you so much you're for welcome. your insight and uh, look forward to reading that Pyatt piece on the day this episode is out. Yeah. Yeah. Bianca, thank you so much. Oh, my pleasure. Big you're shout, welcome. Big shout out to our LA correspondent, James Longman and Sebastian Legette for the interview mm-hmm. in this episode as well. Well, I guess we'll speak to you after we've all been to Old Trafford. And um, we'll just see what happens with the world after that, I guess. Come on, you irons. What else there is to see? Say, come on, you irons. Come on, you irons.